Hey guys, how's it going? I, I am excited. We're having fun with the youth. I'm the director of youth ministries, otherwise known as the youth guy. Where are my youth at? Yeah. So it's been, it's been really fun so far, and I'm really, really excited. Um, we love being here at River City. We love being at this church. Um, I want to just tell you a little bit about who I am Share a little bit of my story with you since uh, a lot of you have never heard it. Sorry, youth, you've already heard this, so hopefully you don't fall asleep. Um, but yeah, my name's Tim, Tim Downey. Um, I was born and raised right here in Jacksonville, Duval, on the west side. West side is the best side. And uh, I was born in Riverside Hospital. Anybody? Anybody remember Riverside Hospital? Riverside Hospital, it's now a Publix. So, in effect, I was probably born on the cheese aisle, somewhere between cheese and sushi, because I love sushi. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I'm a recent dad, so I have recently acquired this, this new spiritual anointing called the dad joke. And uh, it's great. I mean, it like happened instantaneously, like when I became a dad. I have two little girls. Uh, the oldest, her name is Eliora, and that's a mouthful, so we call her Ellie. And uh, our, our youngest, her name is Sparrow. And uh, Melissa calls her Spare. I don't feel right calling her Spare because it just sounds weird, like, babe, Ellie scraped her knee. That's all right, we got a spare, you know. <laughs> We got a spare one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but no. But I want to give a quick shout out to my wife, Melissa, my beautiful wife, right here on the front row. Without her, there would be no dad jokes. And so I am very thankful for her. And I want to also point out one of the mysteries of the ages that you may or may not have noticed that all youth pastors have beautiful wives. And uh, that's pretty much why I signed up for the job, actually. And it worked out for me. So. Um, so anyway, I'm glad I get to practice all my stand-up dad joke routines on you. Um, it's a bad, bad world out there, bad world, and, uh, and I'm just thankful to speak today. Um, did you hear about the kidnapping at school? It's, it's fine. He woke up. Yeah? 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 Cringeworthy. Cringeworthy, Right? There's so many more. A furniture store keeps calling me. All I wanted was one night stand. There's so many more. You guys, y'all want some? No, no. I'm going to leave all those mildly inappropriate jokes to Brian when Aunt Lee leaves River City. Um, you got that, Brian? Don't disappoint Martha, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I listened to last week's message. I was back with the youth. Um, no, but I just want to tell you guys a little bit of my story, uh, where I came from, here from Jacksonville. I was, I was born into a Christian home. Actually, my parents are right over here. They got to come today, and uh, it's exciting. Um, so I was, I was born in a, a Christian home, a Christian environment. We went to church like a million times a week, and... Uh, you know, it was just part of our, our family culture. Um, you know, we just grew up in it, but it didn't really mean a whole lot to me until I became a teenager. And in fact, I got saved when I was in youth ministry. I got saved 
um, on a youth retreat or a youth camp. And uh, that's why youth ministry is so powerful for me. And that's why I love doing it because I know how much of an impact youth ministry had in my life. RCC Youth, where are you at? Love you guys. Um, so that, I was at a time in my life, I was about, I was about 14, you know, and, and I grew up hearing all the truths. Like, I grew up hearing all the Bible stories, all the messages, and uh, it really, you know, I knew them all up here, but it really didn't resonate with me and connect with me on an experiential level until I was 14. And that was the time in my life where I, I really just began to realize I'm not a perfect person. You know, just anyone else? <laughs> You know, that's, that's when I started realizing that, like, I, I really, um, like, I'm, look, I'm craving things, and I, I'm desiring things, and I'm trying to get them in my own strength, in my own way, and it's leading me to do things that aren't good, right? And so I think one of the things that came up in my life was, was lust. You know, that was something that, you know, I became aware. It was like, whoa, like, I have this, this pull toward things and this desire toward things that leads me to do things that are not healthy and that are not good for me. And so I started kind of realizing that. But, you know, you never really realize the power of sin until you see the power of a Savior. You feel it. You experience it. You feel it. But it's not really until God opens your eyes to how, how big he is and also the story and the plan of redemption that he would pour out his blood for you, that you really understand it. And it wasn't until I was 14, and I, I have um, the privilege to say that my older brother James led me to the Lord. Um, James, we had this long youth camp, and James got up the very last night, and he goes, you guys know something? God doesn't just love you. He likes you. And remember, it hit me for the first time. I had heard God loves me my, my whole life, but it was like, whoa, God likes me. What does that mean? And he goes, God didn't have to die for you. He didn't have to die on a cross for you. He didn't have to do any of that. He could have left you broken in sin and, and walked away, and he still would have been good. He still would have been loving. But he likes you, and it was the joy that was in Jesus' eyes that led him to the cross to die, and it was the thought of, I want them with me. I don't want to leave them to their own sin, their own pathway toward destruction. I want them I want them with me. And that hit me. And I remember I was 14. I went up to the altar. Didn't care what anyone else thought, you know. That was a time in my life where I was just craving acceptance. I was craving love. I was craving, you know, that, that feeling of worth and value. And all of a sudden, it didn't, it didn't matter anymore. Because if God wanted me, if the God who created me actually liked me, then that changed everything. That changed everything, and I, I, I began to weep. And for about 45 minutes, as a 14-year-old, I just wept at the thought that how could God, holy and high and exalted, the one who made everything, have that desire for me? Like, how could he like me and want me? And I just remember just weeping and weeping. And that's, that's the, that was the beginning of my story, and that's really what that reality is what drew me to come to Jesus and to start following Jesus and uh, it's, that, it's the message of reconciliation, that God wanted to reconcile the world to himself and that he would give up his, his own life to do it. It's powerful. And, and we all, all of us have this need for acceptance, for love, but we live in a sin-infected world. We're in a sin-infected world, and if we look for those things on our own terms, in our own way, then we will end up feeling disconnected 
and unfulfilled. And, and that's where I was at. And the good news that I found was that God has everything we need. And that he can meet every need that we have. And that he wants to fill our hearts with his love and, and fill our lives with his purpose. And, and to show us what our true purpose is. And that he's not afraid of our brokenness. He says, come to me. Come to me. That's what the Father says. And his death made a way for us to be brought in. So Antley asked me, he said, I want you to just... I want you to share, and I want you to just pick your favorite passage in the Bible, and I want you to talk on that, and, and whatever comes, comes. I'm like, great, John 17. John 17, it's kind of a toss-up between John 15 and John 17, but John 17, that was a passage of Scripture that just really, um, it really just gripped my life and gripped my heart in a, an amazing way when I was youth and young adult, and it's John 17, verses 20 through 26, and they call it the high priestly prayer, okay, and it's not because Jesus was high when he prayed it. Oh, wait, sorry, that was for Brian to say, sorry. Um, no, it was, it was because literally Jesus is our high priest. He passed through the heavens that after he died, he passed there and he stands before God on our behalf, making intercession for us, that his blood is making intercession for us. And so he is our high priest. And so what that means is this prayer is the greatest prayer ever prayed. Right? This is the greatest prayer in the history of the world. The high priestly prayer. In, in, uh, and uh, the context is it's right before Jesus dies. So he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And he's with his disciples. And they're all napping and falling asleep. And, and here he is just trembling. Saying, Father, I know what's before me. I know what I'm going to get into tomorrow. Within hours. He goes, if you can take this cup from me, take it. And, and he goes, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And in this, in this time, he is, he's praying. And, and starting in verse 20, he prays this. He says, he's, he's first prayed for his disciples, and then he's going to go on to continue praying in verse 20. We can put this up on the screen. It says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. And I forgot we were doing communion today, but like everything Antley preached was basically like this message that I, that I had on my heart. Just that, that he's connected us in. And so here's... here's my, my first, the first thing I want to share is that Jesus prayed for us to become one with him. He prayed for us to become one with him. He's about, he's about to go to the cross, and he prays, Father, if I am going to do this, here's what I want. Here is the deal. This is what I want out of this. I want them to be completely unified with us. One heart, one mind, and no separation between us. His plan was to connect us to the divine fellowship all along, and it comes out before he gives his life. It comes out, and he says, Father, I want them to be one with us. This is my prayer, and I want them to have a love relationship with us, and I want them to live in our presence forever. That's powerful. 
That is his prayer. And not just that, he goes on to pray. He says, but he wants us to each have equal access to the same glory that he had. So Jesus was experienced, experiencing this glorious love relationship with the Father. And he goes, God, that same thing that we have, I want them to have that with us. That's what I want. And in, John, in, in verse 22, he says, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent them and have loved them even as you loved me, so that the world may know. There it is again, right? Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying that our unity... Us becoming one is the greatest witness to who he is. The greatest witness that we can have, the best evangelism strategy that the church can have is for us to be unified together, for us to come together. Isn't that amazing? It's not great preaching. It's not power evangelism. Let's just hit the streets of Jacksonville and go, 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 go. You know, it's not an amazing worship team or a great facility. He goes, no, you want to know how the world is going to be drawn in? It's going to be through your unity. And so he's praying that. You know, some of you guys know that I came from Grace Church of Avondale. Um, I was there for six years, right over in Riverside. Um, I was there as the, as the youth pastor there. And um, they got tired of my dad jokes. They're like, leave. And uh, they sent me over here. Um, but, but seriously, they, they, encouraged, they encouraged me to go. You know, they sent me out with a blessing and a, even a sense of expectation about how God was going to use me here at River City. And I'm so grateful for that. But I feel like there's a connection there. And I feel like that connection, the fact that we in Jacksonville and the churches in Jacksonville can bless the other ministries and can say, I believe in what God is doing in you, that's a connection that speaks to the message that we believe in, right? It's a message of unity, that there's one Holy Spirit, there's one church, and we have one mission. We're all on mission together. And uh, I'll, I'll just say that uh, on behalf of Melissa and I, my family, we have felt so welcomed here at River City. Like, we have felt so loved and honored. I mean, I wasn't even on staff yet, and they were, people were praying over me and prophesying over me and speaking encouragement into our lives no matter what was going to happen. And, and I just feel like this is such a family. This is such an amazing place of community and family. And, and I also love how we are partnering with so many ministries all over the world. I'm so pumped about this Honduras trip. I'm pumped about um, Street Corner and about all the ministries rethreaded, all the ministries that we are connected to, that we can partner with and that we can bless. That speaks to the unity that we have as a church. And, uh, you know, we, we felt, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, we felt a little bit of a risk coming because it, the church is in the season of transition with the Fowlers leaving, and there was this sense of, like, what's going to happen to River City? But between the honor and the love that we feel here, it gave me this sense of confidence that God is going to continue moving and that I don't have to worry about what's going to happen to River City. I don't have to worry about is the church going to grow or fail or any of those things because there's unity here. There's unity here, and the Lord promises where there's unity, there will be growth because that is our greatest witness to the people around us. So as we, as we just do what he's called us to do, as we love one another, 
then we will see our church grow and we will see people added to the kingdom. We will see people come in. We don't have to be worried. You know, it's sad. It's a huge loss. I love Ailey. Dude, I'm going to be so sad when you leave. And it's going to be a huge loss for our church. But I am also really excited about what God is going to do through River City Church because I believe he has amazing things ahead of us. And uh, I, I, I love what um, the Apostle John, the one who wrote this book with the high priestly prayer, at the end of his life, it says, uh, actually Jerome writes about it in the 4th century. It says they would bring in John in his old age and into the ministry meeting, And uh, people would speak in the worship and everything, and then they would say, John, what do you have to say? And all he would say is, little children, love one another. And it said that they they would get annoyed. Jerome said they would be annoyed that he would just say, they would say, we know, like we get that that's that's it, like that's the message. What else? And he's, he's like, you know, that's the Lord's commandment. And if you do that, then that's sufficient. That's what the Apostle John would say at the end of his life. If you love one another, that's enough. Because that's what Jesus called us to do. And then my favorite, my all-time favorite verse out of this passage, John 17, 24. He says, Father, I desire that they also whom you've given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you've given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus desires for us to be with him and to experience his love and his glory. Jesus, the one who made us, the one who, who knows everything. He, like, he knows my entire story. He knows all my flaws. He knows everything that is cringeworthy in my life. And yet he says to me, he says to the father, father, If I'm going to die, this is what I want. I want him to be with me. And he's saying, I want her to be with me. I want them with me. You know, being liked is a powerful feeling. Being wanted is a powerful feeling. I remember when Melissa and I first started um, dating and hanging out, uh, she couldn't get enough of me. (laughs) I'm awesome. (laughs) No, it's the other way around. Um, no, but we were just drawn to each other. You know, we were just like, this is an amazing feeling. This, this person actually likes me and and thinks I'm cool. Like, why? I don't know. But she does. And like, wow. And I, and I probably ate it up way too much, you know, but, but that feeling of everyone's experienced it where it's like, you're invited. You're welcome. You can come in. I want to be with you. You want to be with me? Come on, I want you. That feeling is powerful. And Jesus, the one who made us, he says, I want them with me. I want them with me. I want them to behold my glory. And I want them to experience my glory and my love. 
And so that's, that's my message to you today. It's that God likes you. It's that he accepts you. It's that he wants you, that you're invited. You may have counted yourself out. You may have said, I'm not worthy enough. You may have said, no matter how much I know that, I can't feel it. God can make it known to you right here today. The Holy Spirit can come and show you and whisper to your heart that you are invited into the divine fellowship. That's what drew me to the faith. Was that, was that powerful idea that God, though he was high and holy, loved me and, and wanted me. And, and I love what Mike Bickle says. Anybody, Mike Bickle? Mike, Mike Bickle, great guy. Um, he says, nothing empowers the human heart like the revelation of God's affection for us. There's nothing that empowers the human heart like the revelation of God's affection for us. And I, and I prayed, as I prayed about today, I said, God, what's this going to mean to everybody? Like, what are they going to take away from it? How are they going to apply it to their lives? And the Lord goes, you don't need an application. You don't need an application because when you experience the love of the Lord, the love of the Father, it changes everything. It rearranges everything. All your inward motivations are purified by the love of God. And I, I truly do believe that so many of our life's issues can be solved if we simply walk in the reality of his great love for us. If we walk in the reality of his love, because he invites us in to see the love that the Father has for Jesus, the same love that the Father has for Jesus, he has for you and for me. The exact same love. There's no difference. And so uh, let's pray. I just want to encourage you just to stand where you're at. I'm just going to pray that God would make this real. No matter how much you hear someone talk about this, you have to, you have to know it for yourself. You have to experience it for yourself. And many of you have experienced it, and I pray that you would be taken deeper right now in it. So just pray with me. Father, I thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you for your presence here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. I thank you, God, for calling us to come close to you. God, you're a merciful God. Lord, you know the sin that separated us from you. You forgave us, and then you put it out of your mind. Really, it's more like we know what separated us from you. Because you say, Father, forgive them. And you've separated us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the power of your love. Right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray that if anybody has not felt the realness of the touch of your love, Father, that you would pour it out right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit.